Jones Truck Tuesday out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal. Glad to have you along with, for the next hour. We will have college football. We'll have a look at high school football, high school fast pitch, and fall baseball. Big win for the Elkats yesterday. Big, big win. Um, we've got districts starting in the smaller classes. Actually, regional assignments for 2A have been announced, so we go all through that as well. And then we'll start with the NFL right off the top. 225-9698 is the phone or the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things or whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area one of these days, you can stay in touch with us with the app or on kadsam.com. The app has it all. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News. Brand new edition of that Penny News will hit the website at midnight tonight. Check it out at thepennynews.com. Big Elk and Paragon TV. Big Elk off this week. Paragon TV will have Merritt and also Hollis. Hollis plays Surreal. Merritt opens. District play with Moreland. So you can check that out. I actually, and I actually think that's a Thursday game for Merritt, at least according to the schedule on the OSSA Where's that at? page. Where's that at? Here. It's here. It's here. Good game to attend. Absolutely. Um, and then also, <clears throat> Skinny on Sports Podcast, if you missed the show entirely, you can check us out wherever you view or listen to podcasts. How are you today, Jared? I'm good. How are you? Did it rain? Um, Not. Well, it was sprinkling when I left the house, and when I drove in, I saw more puddles this way. So, uh, I guess it rained. Yeah, Meredith's Thursday. It's homecoming. Oh, very cool. That's a... a it's what it said on the schedule, but sometimes you you never know if maybe a date was just misentered. But there you go. Officially. Well, it's Thursday, darn it. So Jared would know this. Would I? I got softball. He's part of the AU crowd. Oh. I'm not sure what times are though. Maybe I can get the halftime. Oh. Couldn't get the rest for Friday. So you know we're seeing a lot of that. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. No doubt about it. Shortage of refs, so you kind of have to make do and change your times for their schedule so you could have refs. I wish I could. Uh, there is comedic gold on one of my group texts, so I'm not going to be here Thursday or Friday. Okay. The annual golf outing. Ah. And so the week of, the comedy gets ramped up with the trash talk. I'm not sure you could bring all that 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 to can't, air. Can't, quite honestly, I can't. And it's funny because, you know, there's there's certain people that you know will will try to needle you. Oh yeah. Expect it out of certain people. There's others that 
this week brings out a totally different it's like their their alter ego and those are even the more funny ones uh, the you ones don't, you don't expect you don't to expect be talking it trash from, yeah and then you're like oh that's pretty funny like whoa yeah easy there from the top rope <laughs> yeah it's awful early in the week to bring that one out that's the one you needed like saturday afternoon when when we win <laughs> yeah just wait till saturday <laughs> afternoon <laughs> oh heavens all that's right so, uh week two nfl is in the books Last night, the doubleheader on Monday Night Football with uh, New Orleans defeating Carolina, the, the Steelers beating the Browns. You know, I've got a – it's interesting that the Steelers are the colors they are. Yeah. Because they have morphed into a college team that has their exact same colors. I think I know you're talking Iowa. about. Iowa. Iowa. They played just like Iowa. Last night, the defense outscored the offense. Yeah, 14 did. to 12. <laughs> yeah. sure. That's good. That's a good one. You think the Cleveland fans are pretty excited about paying Deshaun Watson $235 million guaranteed? I think at the back of their mind, they knew at the end of the day, Browns are going to brown. Right? Yeah. I Meanwhile... Think. I mean, you, Meanwhile, the, the Baker's, jokes were flowing. Baker's two and zero in Tampa yeah, Bay. That's what the the jokes were flowing last night on the Twitter with, oh yeah, we're paying this guy two hundred thirty five million guaranteed to lose a game. Baker Mayfield would have won. <laughs> uh, is what it is. It was ugly. That's was, what the Browns do best, though, right? It was ugly. The Nick Chubb injury. Oh man. It hey, sucks. listen. Kudos. Kudos to the broadcast crew. Apparently, for not reshowing it. They never replayed the injury. Well, good. I didn't see it. I don't care to look it up. No, I didn't either. Uh, I, I don't want to see that. That stuff just makes me sick, literally, to my stomach. So I don't want to see. I, I don't either. And but kudos to them. You know, a lot of times, you know, some sometimes well, they what play it here. and play yeah. it and play it. And it was like the 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 producer saw it before it went to air, and he and you could hear. You know, he whispered into. To Joe Buck's ear, and Joe Buck says, uh, "Yeah, apparently that's not something we need to show." And then you can hear Troy, like Troy Aikman, must have seen it because he was like, uh, "No, we're not showing that." But kudos uh, for that happening uh, around the NFL. The Pat Mahomes deal, goodness. Yeah, I need you to break that down for me. Yeah, I'm not smart enough. <laughs> Basically, he's getting more money quicker on that deal. They restructured it to pay him more in scale. Because I mean, we talked about it the other day. He was like the eighth highest paid quarterback. Yeah. After what happened this summer, and so all uh, some of that money got pushed up. Uh, keeping them happy, I get it. Sure. Uh, so, my question is: for, we we had a lot of discussion last week about teams that were zero and one trying to avoid going zero and two. Some were able to avoid it: Bills, Pittsburgh. Oh, who else? There was one other I said yesterday. It was actually kind of a contender. That was able to win. Oh, Kansas City, oh, obviously, because right. well, yeah. they lost the first week. Some others were not able to avoid that fate. So, out of all the zero and two teams, who do you give the best chance to make the playoffs? You ask me right now to answer yeah, that. Okay. Um, well, I have to pick the Bengals because I put them in the Super Bowl, so I got I got to start there. But I, in serious, seriously though, I think there is. I think that it because we've seen them do it before. We've seen them overcome zero and two starts with Burrow. And <clears throat> just it, last year, just last year, and 
and I it's something that I fail to remember. And, it, and they, I think, it was head coach who mentioned it in their post game presser was, or maybe one of the teammates said, we were without our starting quarterback the entire fall camp and preseason, pretty much. It's going to take him a little bit to get reacclimated. So I that's where uh, I got faith in Joe Burrow. I think that's one of them. And the other one, I think the I'll go with the Chargers. Uh, they're starting 0-2. I think they got an offense good enough to get them to the playoffs. If you look at it, they have scored the most points in the AFC West, uh, but they've given up 63. If they can figure out the defense, I think the offense is good enough. So those are the only two I put down. How about you? I actually, I actually think those are the two best teams that are 0-2. Hmm. Chargers, though, there's no chance I'm trusting Brandon Staley. I can't believe he's not fired already. Yeah. He has to be. You know how they always they had that running odds of first coach fired. He has to be leaps and bounds number one right now, because you know McCarthy is always a, a choice for that. The Dallas looks awesome, so I would I would be shocked if we can find the, like the current one if Brandon Staley isn't number one, and that could be a place for a certain fella that's already in mm, Southern yeah. California. But if he leaves, I, mean, I thought Norman was bad. That's in him and Justin Herbert. No, I mean he thought he thought the fans of Norman were mm-hmm. were bad. You think bad. USC fans care? Huh? Yeah, that's a good point. They're probably all bandwagon Charger fans anyway. That's probably true. They'll probably be really happy he, yeah. if he goes. They'll just take off one hat and put on another. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think those are the two best teams. But unfortunately, Cincinnati is in one of the toughest divisions in in football. Yeah, that is a thing. <clears throat> and then. <clears throat> Excuse me, golly. And then the Chargers have lost two games within the conference, the AFC. Mm-hmm. So those tie break, you know what I mean? That they're really behind yeah, they're, the eight they're ball. They're in a hole. Yeah. I went with Minnesota. See, I didn't. I thought about it because but of the division. I I get that, but I think the whole winning by one score yeah. or less is catching up with them this year already. And I didn't and I have think them. There's more to come. I did not have them making the playoffs. Of all these teams, of all these three, I only had Cincinnati in because I didn't have the Chargers in either. Um, but I get the division thing. Chicago but that's looks bad. Detroit, we'll see. I, that is a great win to start the year, but then they go and do what they did last or on Sunday. So, and then Green Bay's kind of a flip a coin too. You don't know what you're going to get out of love. Yeah. So I get that the division is still capable of winning. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why I, I, I feel like. You know, the Chargers, here, here's the problem for the Chargers also. They've got that Chiefs problem. When you start, you look at Mahomes' record against them, he wins one-score games every single time. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just can't beat him. And so, I mean, New England looks lifeless in what is a pretty good division. Houston, no chance. Denver, golly. They really should be. No, two. they're bad. They should be two and zero, though. That's the whole thing. They should be two and zero. It's fine ways to lose, though. Yeah. I mean, they they. Oh, I feel bad for Denver fans, especially after that incredible finish. I know. How do you hit the hell Mary? Now listen, if that wasn't pass interference on the two point play, then just take the rule out of the game. <laughs> but still, yeah, you lose to the Raiders and the and the Commanders, as we all thought. NFC East looks like the best division in football. It's the only one without a team with two losses here. Isn't in the that first crazy to weeks. say that AFC looks like the best conference in football, but the NFC East looks like the best yeah. division in football. 
And so, what, um, after two weeks, who's better than you thought? I will be real honest with you. I was never a big, I thought they would be good, but I didn't think they'd be this good, and that's Miami. I wasn't a big believer. Yeah, you've never really been a Miami. I've always been more on the Miami bandwagon than you have, the, for the sure. Two, uh, but two has played great these first two games. They look like they're in control in that New England game from start to finish, even though New England fought tooth and nail to try to stay with them. But it looked like Miami would always have an answer. Miami looks good. And so they're better than I thought they'd be at 2-0. and And a chance to win this division, <clears throat> considering Rodgers is out. And we'll see what they do when they play Buffalo. But, yeah, Miami's my answer. How about you? I have the AFC South. The Atlanta, entire South? Pretty much. I mean, Atlanta is way better than I would have ever thought at 2-0, and even though Green Bay blew that game the other day. Obviously, Tampa is better than anybody thought. You mean the NFC South? That's what I meant. I'm okay. sorry, NFC South. Yeah, NFC South. Yeah, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa, all 2-0. and and then there's Carolina, of course, at 0-2. But they've also here's, – here's their deal. They've gotten beat by two division opponents, which is a bad deal for them, but it's not like they're losing to other teams. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like maybe if they're outside the division, maybe they have a win. Uh, but the, the NFC South, which I thought was leaps and bounds the worst division. That's a good one. Maybe not. That's a good one. I mean, narrowing it down to Tampa Bay maybe. I didn't think they'd – well, Tampa and, and Atlanta, at either one of them. Yeah. Nobody thought they were going to be 2-0. Hey, man, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm kicking down the door and saying, do what you got to do, pay Mike Evans. Oh, no doubt. Mike Evans won Johnny football the Heisman. I've been saying that ever since he won the Heisman. If you go back and watch that season, he would throw it up to Mike. Mike Evans was the best player in the field, and I firmly believe it. And we're seeing a little bit more of that now. You he's get the, the ball to him, and you got it. And, and Baker Mayfield knows it. He's smart enough to know. It. He's the only get guy, Mike Evans. I believe, in the history of the league to go over a thousand yards receiving in his first nine seasons. He is, incre- right. in my opinion, incredibly underrated wide receiver. And he's definitely headed that way again this season uh, after what he did uh, on Sunday with what one seventy. Yeah, I mean that's it's kind of some people have the tight end as the safety valve. Baker has throw it up on the outside to Mike Evans as a safety valve. But that them and then I'll be honest with you, Jordan Love, his stats don't look great outside of one particular area. He's fifty six percent completion and hundred ninety eight yards a game. That's not great. But six touchdowns to no picks is, and uh, they really should be two and zero. They'll be kicking themselves at the end of the season for that Atlanta game on 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 Sunday. Uh, but I've, I've been really kind of impressed with him. And it's not the trend to sit guys like it used to be. But, man, it sure seems like it works in Green Bay to Dra- sit guys. Draft and, draft and sit. Draft and stash. Yeah, it seems it sure seems like it works there. Yep. Maybe the other ones, uh, the other places don't have the – they're a little bit more in a, in a hurry or in a panic. But Green Bay seems to have the right philosophy, at least for them. And, and Jordan Love has been better than I I thought it was with not turning the ball over. All right, what's your top five in the NFL this week? I'll go five, Ravens, four, barely, Philly, Cowboys, three. I give them the edge because I think they got the better defense. Kansas City, two, 49ers, one. So no Miami. Yeah, no, I just, I just talked them up, but maybe it's still my distrust for Tua, but I think the Ravens are just a tick better. How about you? 
Philly 5, Baltimore 4, Miami 3, Dallas 2, San Francisco 1. What's everybody else's top five? Give it to us. 225-9698. How do you see the NFL through two weeks as far as the teams at the top? When we come back on this Paul Jones Drug Tuesday, hit a little high school sports. Football, as we get to district play in most of the classifications this week. Take a look at Oklahoman's rankings. This week's games also will reassess what we think about 4A1 and 4A as a whole. It's a fast pitch in fall baseball as well. Skinny on Sports coming back on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday right after this. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust the skinny on sports what in the wide wide world of sports is going on here welcome back skinny on sports 98.1 fm the sports animal we've got some top fives coming in our man joe philly tampa oh he's the baker mayfield love has infatuated joe is that in order from one to five i think so or maybe five to one did he do five to one or one to five I would guess in that order it's five to one. I would too. Philly, Tampa, Kansas City, San Francisco, and Dallas. Drew's got what I have, except for he's flipped the last two. Niners, Cowboys, Dolphins. He's got Eagles, Ravens, where I had Ravens, Eagles. Cool. What's so, everybody else got? Solo Drew at the golf tournament. Oh, really? Wearing his Cowboys stuff. Dallas Cowboys stuff. So that's what we got. Very good. I like it. I like the input from the listeners. Two two five nine six nine eight. Give us your top five in the NFL. All right, Jared. Looking at the Oklahomans. Top tens. Yeah, it's a good point Drew makes. Until Dallas agree. beats San Francisco. I I mean that's the that's coming up uh it's the day after OU Texas, I believe. October 8th is that San Francisco-Dallas game. Big weekend. Oh, my gosh. Think about that. We got high school football Thursday, OSU-K State Friday, OU-Texas Saturday, Dallas-San Francisco Sunday, just for this region. Man. It's pretty good. Or at least Oak City has high school football. Depending how the weekend goes, Monday could be really happy or really sad, depending how the outcomes go on all those games. (laughs) Maybe right a, now. Maybe a little bit of both. Right now. Would you take – who do you want to see win more, OU or Dallas? Don't do that. <laughs> the choice has to be OU. It's OU. Because Dallas could get another chance in the playoffs to right those wrongs, which I guess OU could do could too in the Big 12 title game. Yeah. But with as bad as the conference is, that probably takes you out of – playoff consideration right all right so top 10 in 4a remained the exact same wagner one poto two blanchard three tuttle suffered their first loss of the season to guthrie they stay at four newcastle just obliterated woodward they're five ada six 
Elks 7, Hildale 8 after suffering their first loss, Clinton 9, and Weatherford at 2-2 two and two is number 10. Um, here's my question statewide for 4A. Is it Wagner-Poto on one level and everybody else trying to get there, or is it Wagner on one level and everybody else trying to get there? I I, th- I think it's Wagner and everybody else, to be quite honest. I really do. They were a year ahead last year by winning that title. Return a lot, a lot of talent. I think Poto might be better than what they were last year, but I think Wagner was already better than them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe they closed the gap, but I think it's everybody chasing Wagner. I think Poto could slip up against teams like Tuttle and others. So that's what that's what I think. Think. How about you? Man, I, I just I've been on the Poto train this whole year as that next team, and maybe it is Wagner here, Poto on this next level by themselves, and then everybody else trying to get to Poto's level to then try to get to Wagner's mm-hmm. level if that makes sense. Uh, I'm really interested, really, really, really interested to see 4A2. How that shakes out. Yes. Yeah. Because we talked about Newcastle from the very beginning. After seeing them in the playoffs last year, knowing what they had coming back. I I is are are Tuttle and Blanchard ahead of them because of the name Tuttle and Blanchard, or because they're better than Newcastle? I think they've had just because they've had the history of success over Newcastle, right. both Blanchard and Tuttle. Right. You kind of like you got to you got to show it, you got to prove it. Mm-hmm. And then what about Hera? Man, there's a bunch of people liking Hera all of a sudden. Well, isn't that one of the top ten games? It is. That's I'm Hera. Just, go ahead. Hera and Blanchard. Yes. Yeah. It's the tenth game. So that's that's an interesting thing. Yeah, the top ten this week. Number one was pretty easy to figure with Owasso and Union in 6A1. Uh, some other games in 4A, there's two this week. Bethany at Tuttle, it's all 4A2, which I think you're going to see that throughout the season with the teams with Tuttle, Blanchard, Newcastle, Bethany. And now if Hera joins that mix as well, if they're somewhat for real, then there, you know what I'm saying. There's going to be a game or two from that district in the top ten every single week. Uh, but they're tenth. That that game's hit Tuttle uh, Bethany at Tuttle is six this week around the state. Uh, big one in Class A, District One, with Fairview going to Hooker. It's number one against number five. Number one Fairview, number five Hooker. So that's a it's a huge game in that district that that has what Merritt and Sayre, Cordell. Um, 4A1 itself. How do you, I guess, Merritt, Sarah, uh, Thomas, I'm sorry. And, and I'm sorry, Ferns Flat, not, not Cordell. They're in District 2. How do you reassess or do you reassess what you thought coming into the season about 4A1 specifically versus what you think now after you've seen these teams play games in the non-district? Well, I still think it's a three-team race. That my opinion hasn't changed there between Elk City, Weatherford, and Clinton because of outcomes with the other ones. Um, Woodward's in shambles, so is John Marshall, Chickasha, what they've how they've lost. I mean, they've 
Giving up 64, giving up 37. They beat a lowly and a Darko team. That's their only win. Uh, Cash, kind of the same boat, giving up 41 to Tuttle team. Uh, barely beating Altus, 19 to 6. Giving up 55 to a really good Elgin team. I'll give them that. But the teams that Elk City and Weatherford and Clinton have played, that we've talked about this. They're they're more challenging than those others. So I think that makes makes it for uh, those three to be on a collision course for a district title. So uh, it doesn't change my opinion. I think it's those three, the I-40 trio, and everybody else in 4A1. Yeah, you got to give it up to Cash. I mean, playing road games at Tuttle and at Elgin in the non-district is pretty – that's pretty stout to go along with everybody. And, and really, I mean, even Chickasha, El Reno and Marlowe, those are two, you know, those aren't walkovers no, by any stretch. No, no. Obviously, Woodward played Bethany but and Guthrie. I think what's standing Newcastle. out to me is, but is how, how they've lost. Sure, you know, They sure. were not even in those games, right? I mean, Clinton mm-hmm. was in it with Heritage Hall, and Weatherford beat that El Reno team. And we all know about Elgin. We, we're, I think we're our opinion of Elgin is pretty high after what they did last Friday night, that they're a good team. So there's no shame in losing that, but that you know, and then of course Elk City and, and who they've played, those are two teams that are in, in Canadian and Carl Albert that are probably going to run through the rest of the season. Yeah, have and, chances to win state win titles. State yeah. titles. So that's why I think it's the top. Those three and everybody else. I do too. What order? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. It's what's crazy. I love that the scheduling works out where, like, okay, Clinton or uh, uh, Oak City at Clinton. And Clinton at Weatherford, but Weatherford at Oak City. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I love that. It's it's not one team hosting the other two. So I uh um I don't know. I don't know. And they all happen pretty rapid fire. Once we get Elk City at Clinton, then the next week Clinton goes to Weatherford, and then in two weeks, Weatherford's here. And so by the time we get through week eight we're going to have a good idea. Pretty good idea of where that's going to settle out. But whoever wants to win this district has to win those two games. Clear. I mean, that goes without saying. Well, and I, and I, I also don't. think you're going to – the other four games in district, you better get 15 district points. Yeah, you better take care of business. You better take care of those other games. Yep. Because – I can absolutely see a world where everybody wins on their home field and you end up in a three-way tie. Yeah. And at that point, then you, I mean, you got to take care of those other games as well. But I I agree. I I haven't seen anything in the non-district to make me believe that Cash, Chickasha, John Marshall, or Woodward is on the level of the three I-40 teams. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe we will. Maybe Chickasha goes and and surprises Weatherford on Friday night, and all of a sudden we're kind of even reassessing from here. I don't believe that to be the case, but, you know, we'll see. But at least right now, Oak City, Weatherford, Chickish, or Oak City, Weatherford, Clinton appear to be on a different level in 4A1 than anybody else, and the three appear to be similar levels with each other. No one's done anything out of the ordinary to make you – either put them above everybody or put them below everybody. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. It's almost like the the three-quarterback race in Stillwater. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Nobody's really separated themselves, good or bad, between the others. So it's completely – I still say you would you could draw one of the three out of a hat and feel comfortable with whichever one you drew. Yep. And I think we could sit here and make and, – and 
have advantages for each and disadvantages for each. Um, and so at that point, I guess what you just ride with the defending champion. Do you ride with the team that's supposed to be most talented or do you ride with the team that has all the tradition? You have options. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's, you have all there's no wrong options. answer there. There's yeah. You have options. So you're not going to do it? No, are you? You're not going to put them in order? Yes, I will. Be my guest. Elk City, Clinton, Weatherford. Weatherford 3. Mm-hmm. Wow. Little, do you have concern with how they performed against Elgin? or just doesn't seem like they've gotten offense on track yet. And, and or f- maybe even figured out how to how to combat what everybody's doing to take Nixon out of the game. Now Nick Jett has been awesome uh-huh. on the other side of him, or as a complimentary receiver, returning kicks. He's been fantastic, and maybe, uh, but but it feels like they just haven't gotten they haven't gotten much run game going yet with Blackman. You know, Chisholm ran it pretty well, and probably the the difference in the game against against El Reno was his legs and being able to move it on the ground. Mm-hmm. But it just seems it just seems like they're just they they haven't got it going. And you know what I mean at any point. Whereas you can you, you can see obviously what Clinton's going to do. You know what they're going to do. But Collins has been a monster when he's played. And then with the Elks. You know they're they're kind of in a little bit of that same boat too, trying to figure out exactly what they want to be and find an identity. So maybe that that should put Clinton at the top. What's going to be interesting for me in two weeks when Elk City goes to Clinton is what the personnel looks like for Elk City. Is is uh, Garbarino going to be back in a hundred percent? You know we've seen almost two three variations of offense. Yeah. So, and some of it out of necessity for injury, some of it because there's different options this year in the passing game that really maybe yeah. maybe haven't been there. Yeah. Or what they're last year. Anyway. We're gonna have another week and a half to break that matchup down. But also, you know, line play. You know, Elk C's line going up against Clinton's line. Who can get pressure? Who can get a push? So that's where I'm on the fence on all three of these teams. And of course, Weatherford too. They're they're talented as they can get, but they've seemed a little sluggish offensively. Just a little bit. And and who knows which, that could which scratches my head. I'm like, are they holding back before they open it up? You know, you have the this all world CJ Nixon wide receiver. I don't know. You know, but sometimes you can try sometimes I, when you have a guy like that, you can try to force the issue to him. Mm-hmm. And maybe it it just needs to open up naturally by using Jet, by using Scamahorn, getting run yeah. game going. Yeah. So I, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it all shakes out. That's probably a homer pick on my part, but I've seen. No, it's fine. I, 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 I I've seen what 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 the Elks could be, and truth be told, we haven't got to see them a hundred percent yet. That's. That's what's kind of sticking out with me. I don't think we we've seen them play good, real good, and of course we've seen them in these games against really really good opponents. Out of all that, and we mentioned last Friday night that despite the loss, they seem to play more cohesively together and in as a team. When they could put all that together, this is a really really good team. When will that be? Could it be the first district game? Yeah, that's the thing. It has to be the this first. By week, this by week probably came at the most 
perfect time to put that all together and go. Yeah, there's no doubt that bye week is a, this week being off is a really a blessing to try to get guys healthy, to try to correct mistakes, to try to kind of get everything moving in the right direction. I thought Friday night was even though in a, a massive loss, just watching that game and, and what the Elks have been missing. I thought you started to find it. I thought you started to see it mm-hmm. against a, one of the best teams in Oklahoma. Uh, let's move over to softball. Yesterday, the Elkettes of Elk City clinched second place in the district with a 3 nothing win against Bethany. Essentially, I, I, I mean, they're going to they're gonna finish second place in the district uh, after, after knocking off Bethany 3-0. So that means hosting a regional as team number two out of 4A1. We'll start to get those brackets uh, coming up here probably in the next few days. Really awesome. I mean, you look back at the at the losses in the district that Elk City suffered, a walk-off to we- a walk-off to Woodward, a walk-off to Weatherford, and another blowing a 4 nothing lead against Weatherford in the sixth. I mean, holding on to some of those leads is the difference between the, Elk, the Elkettes being the number one team and the number two team in 4A1, but still did enough to be able to host a regional. You know, I think this is the team that was there last year. You know, it's kind of mirrors like Elk City football when, um, what was it, two years ago they made playoffs, got always semis and, and lost and graduated a lot and then came back and did the same thing the next year. It feels like that with a softball team. They they graduated a really good senior class, a lot of players off that really good, talented team last year. But yet here they are again. This is a great coaching job by Coach Murray and staff and, and great play by those girls. So um, I'm anxious to get playoffs going, to be honest with you. We got yeah, kind of see what it is. Got a little bit to go, but just to see, yeah, see where it goes from there. Uh, Aubrey Pogue surpassed 200 strikeouts this season as a sophomore. You know, that's – it's always – well, shouldn't there's, – there's really no – there's no transfer portal in high school. So you go, man, two more years of her in the circle with, with Baker. Yeah, she's not going too. to Nebraska. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll – Well, she uh, might later, but yeah, but you know what we'll I mean. Be getting a, we'll be getting a, a, a regional bracket here soon. Down in 2A, District 1, the Merritt Oilerettes are your District 1 champions. As they finish four and two ahead of Mangum, who was three and three, Texoma three and three, and then Hooker two and four, so Merritt will host a regional, and I can actually tell you what that looks like because it starts Thursday out at Merritt. The Oilerettes have a bye in the first round. The other two teams are Hobart and Fairview. Hobart tied for the District Two championship, but lost in the uh, point differential tiebreaker to Hinton. So Hobart's the number two team out of uh, 2A2. Fairview, the number three team out of 2A3. And I guess OCA didn't want to play because they would have been the other team coming out here out of District 4, the fourth-place team out of four. Uh, so we've got Merritt getting a bye, and then Hobart and Fairview will play at 2 o'clock on Thursday. Those games will go Thursday and then Friday. And that's one team. That's a one-winner advancing to what will be the Super Regionals. Out of that re- out of that regional, 
So really cool. Uh, good job uh, out there by the Willerettes. Then in District 2, I uh, mentioned Hobart coming to Merritt. You've also got Hinton as that uh, as that district champ. They'll host a regional with Tonkawa, Mangum, and Meeker. Uh, Texoma out of uh, that district, uh, District 1, and Watonga out of District 2. They'll go to Morrison. And then also Sayre heads to Dale. Sayre and Hooker will go to Dale for their two-way fast pitch regional. And, of course, we've got uh, fast, p- uh, uh, fast pitch districts in A and B this week. Class A and Class B, that is all this week. Fall baseball district tournaments in Class A and Class B this week. Uh, those those brackets are impossible to find just because they decide they don't even really post them until the regional tournaments. Uh, but there's a slew of uh, of teams that'll be on those fast pitch and fall baseball. And then once we get some results, we'll be able to to tell you exactly who will be moving on to the regional tournaments. But there's some really really good teams in both fall baseball and also fast pitch. When you look uh, look around this area, for sure, um, feels like you've got Fort Cobb and Calumet on a collision course for everything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Football, baseball, everything. It, it seems at the moment like those two are just going to be butting heads in Class B. They're one and two, Fort Cobb one, Calumet two in uh, in, in baseball, fall baseball rankings. And then we look at the fast pitch stuff uh, with, with Class A, Arapaho four, Navajo nine, Shattuck ten. Cheyenne is 17th, and then down in Class B, Leedy, 7, Mountain View, Godibo, 6, Arnett, 8, Lakiba 10. So there's some teams that will also be in the mix there uh, as well on the fast pitch diamond. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. I can't believe it. Man, it seems like school just started, Jared. And we're already into playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be fall break before we know uh, it. No, I was just sitting here thinking, we're going to be in the big house before we know it. It'll feel like two weeks ago oh, man. we were here, and now we're in the big house. Hey, it's a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Thank you to Rodney and the gang at Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street right here in Elk City. Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. They're the oldest compounding pharmacy in Elk City. Free local delivery, drive through pickup, curbside testing, and vaccinations. We'll continue to tell you all about Paul Jones Drug as we move along throughout the hour when we come back. College football, what's real and what's not. I want you to rank the conferences and what's your top 10. I've also written down the ESPN FBI, FPI top 10 to kind of compare. And Drew's got an interesting question on the text line as well. Skinny on Sports right here in a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Are you crying? Are you crying? <laughs> skinny on sports. There's no crying in baseball. Welcome back on this Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Skinny on sports, wrapping it up with some college football talk. Paul Jones Drug, convenience packaging. We talk about it every time. Every Tuesday, we talk about you not having to fill your pill caddy, not having to get your stuff right, not having to put it on the right day. Why would you mess with that hassle when you could just go to Paul Jones Drug and they'll do it for you? 
Jared, is it easier to open up about four or five or six or eight different pill bottles, making sure you have the right dosage for the right day? Or is it easier just to go rip open a package that Paul Jones Drug has done all that for you? Just just rip it open. It's that easy. Just rip it open. It's much more simple. The hardest part is just knowing what day it is, right? You just, what day is today? Oh, it's Monday. Where's my Monday packet? And it even probably says it for you. There you go. It's a simple deal, that convenience packaging at Paul Jones Drug. Also, durable medical equipment, which is your walkers, canes, crutches, your wraps, your braces. Most insurances are accepted. And also, it's not just the medical stuff. Paul Jones Drug has great gifts and greeting cards available as well. 809 North Main, Paul Jones Drug is care you can trust. Thank you to Rodney Skinner and all the gang down at Paul Jones Drug. Jared, question on the text line. Drew has asked us. Uh Uh-oh, where'd it go? There we go. Which 0-2 team in the NFL is Caleb Williams eyeing after week two? Not which team is eyeing Caleb Williams, but which team is Caleb eyeing when you think about what his dad said a couple of weeks ago with the, the way the NFL draft is all messed up and going to a bad team. So of all the 0-2 teams right now. Because that's been since the dawn of time. Yes. That's how that's worked. But let's complain about it. Which, well, I mean, the Mannings did it. They forced a trade for Eli. Yeah, they did. John Elway did it. Which 0-2 team do you think Caleb Williams is eyeing after two weeks? Basically, what team does you should he want to be on? Yes. I would say New England with a chance to be coached by Bilicek and Not me. Who do you say? Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. Jefferson, Hawkinson, Addison, already there. Team that made the playoffs last year. Kevin O'Connor, I think, is a good offensive coach. Yeah, would, that's that's one. Now, I also think that's completely unrealistic to believe that Minnesota is going to have the number one pick, especially considering I literally just said they had the best chance to make the playoffs at 0-2. But as far as the question was, as far as the 0-2 teams, who would he be eyeing? I think that's has to be Minnesota, right? With the weapons that are around him oh, yeah. already in yeah. place? I guess I went with the more realistic who who, would who could actually do it. But I don't know. If, I mean, that's even a stretch saying New England could have the number one pick. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think you're that, looking there's at some wins there. It's, you're looking at Cardinals, Panthers, Bears, Texans as most likely options in right, my mind. Right. Would either the Panthers or the Texans entertain that? I uh I would almost think it would be fool uh, uh, dumb to not entertain it. So you're going to take the number one pick back to back years on a quarterback if you're Carolina. Could you get some some assets out out of trading them? Not not Williams, but your last year number one one pick. Less than what you could trade that number one pick for. Oh, that's true. I guess that really tells you how much they believe in the guy they got. I actually think C.J. Stroud's been pretty good so far. He's been the best rookie quarterback by far. Throwing it. Now, if you mm-hmm. want to talk about Anthony Richardson, who is that poor guy, is going to have weekly concussions because all he can do is run, and he they just tee off on him. But Stroud, Stroud has been pretty decent, especially considering what he looked like in the preseason where he had that deer in headlights. Oh, my gosh, it's another Ohio State quarterback out there. He's been pretty decent. 
so far this year. 63% over 300 yards a game, two touchdowns, no picks. there's There's no shame in that with a team that is just horrible. Now, Drew makes a great point. Denver being 0-2, do you know who has their first-round pick? Seattle. Seattle. And here's the problem for Houston. Arizona, they can't even, they're not even in this mix. They don't count because they traded Arizona their first-rounder to get Anderson and Stroud in the draft last year. So they, they don't have that choice to make if it comes to it because they don't even have their pick. Arizona might have the first and second pick in the draft. I wonder if that's ever happened. One and two. There's been times where there's top five picks, two top fives. I know Cleveland did it with Baker and Denzel Ward. Yeah. Two top five picks. I wonder if there's ever been the one and the two. Anyhow, that's something to watch. Who does Caleb want to go to? All right, Jared, what's real and what's not? in the Big 12 or across college football so far as we kind of conclude non-conference play and head into conference games? Well, I'll stay more in the Big 12. I think Longhorns, it's real. They're, they are playoff contenders. I'll, I'll get on board with that. Contenders. Listen to my words. They are playoff contenders. I also think the Sooners are conference title contenders. And that's as far as it'll go. And uh, what's not real, TCU will contend again. I don't think that's real. So my two reels are OU and, and Longhorns. Longhorns, playoff contenders. Sooners are conference title contenders. Not real. TCU. They're not real. How about you? Big 12 stinks. That's real. Well, yeah. You can smell it's that. It's terrible. Yeah. The Big 12 is terrible. I mean, I, I, I'm not going out on any limb for OU or Texas yet. Because I'm not sure how good Alabama is. See, I said that I mean, when it's that a heck of, It's a heck of a win. Listen, I'm not I'm not downgrading the win, but as far as uh, I need to see more from both of those teams, is that a is that as big a win as we thought? I don't know. I, I and uh, and listen, here's the thing. I, I'm going to Jim Traber and say I'm going to give it up to myself. That's what I said as soon as that game happened. I was like, how good is Alabama? I don't. I wanted to see more. And then what happened at South Al- or uh, see uh, South Florida? South Florida. That's the pause, one. And then it's ten to ten going into the fourth quarter in Austin last week. I mean, Texas has played what twelve quarters, and about five or six of them have been pretty crappy. If you think about the first half against Rice and essentially the entirety of the the Wyoming game, but they did go and win in Tuscaloosa. I just don't know. I, I'm not going to call them being one of the playoff teams real yet, and I'm not taking any. Oklahoma's looked awesome, well, but we'll uh, the see. The reason I say Longhorns are playoff contenders because the Big that 12 win. stinks. Well, and because they have the win over Alabama. It it, it almost doesn't even matter how good Alabama yeah. really is. That's going to carry a lot of clout yeah. at the end of the day. Uh, around the country, I'll tell you what's real. Pac-12 quarterbacks. Yeah. That's for real. A bunch of them. I actually think the SEC struggles is real as well. For the inverse reason. Who the heck is a good quarterback in the SEC? Jaden Daniels at LSU. Jackson Dart. Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. About to find out this weekend. Wegman. Right? Is Wegman, I mean, even though they got beat down by Miami, he that was a pretty amazing performance by him to stand in there and just get drilled over and over and over and make as many plays as he did. 
But I, I uh, SEC court, the SEC struggles, I think, are a little bit real because of quarterback. And here's another thing that's real. The portal and the NIL are changing the sport for everyone. And everyone in a totally different way. And I still don't think we're sure how that's going to end up, what that change ends up being. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's phenomenal to watch. It's crazy. We're seeing the, those who benefit and those who absolutely are hurting because of it. You know, it, I heard this conversation when I was heading home like that yesterday. That line is very visible now. The the developmental programs, when you think about the, the, the programs that have done more with less, I think it hurts them as much as anybody. Uh, K-State, OSU, just in this conference. Yeah. The, the ones that they're recruited at, at a little bit of a lower level but then turn those players into – what the the higher recruited players should have been? Mm-hmm. Can they keep those guys? Here we OSU sucks is real. I got that on a text. Oh well, well that's from hey. a text, not from us. It's, it's from a text. It's just you know, I think that's the feeling across the, the the fan base right now in Stillwater. Yep. Rank the conferences for me. I will go number one, Pac-10. Number two, Big Ten. Number three, ACC. SEC Big Twelve. That's exactly how I did it. Okay. Uh, I did. I went ACC over SEC because they beat them. I think there was like six or seven games between those two conferences, and the ACC won almost all of them. Yep. So, uh, Big Twelve is obviously last. Pac twelve to me is obviously first right now. I think the big is next. Pac ten. I'm at. Yeah, that's fine. Old habits die hard. Pack two for all the Pack all that two it really, pack two pack. It's it is what it is. What's your top ten? I'll go ten to one. Oregon, Washington, Penn State. This is where I put Texas. Followed by Notre Dame, Ohio State. Great game this weekend, by the way. Mm-hmm. Number four, Florida State, USC at three, Michigan two, Georgia one. Interesting. Um. Teams I had just outside, Utah, Oregon, OU, Oregon State. I actually have a one-loss team in the top ten. The reports of the LSU Tigers' demise ah. were greatly exaggerated. I've got them ten, Penn State nine, Washington eight, USC seven, Notre Dame six. I really was going to put them five in Ohio State flip-flop, but I went ahead and wrote it down that way. Notre Dame six, Ohio State five, Horns four, Florida State three, Michigan two, Georgia one. And I don't – I really wanted to put somebody else at the top. And if Florida State wouldn't have almost gagged that game against Boston College, I probably would have. Or if Texas would have came out and acted like grown-ups and whipped Wyoming like they should have, I would have. You know, because of the wins that they've gotten. And, yeah. and, you, and Georgia's struggling against South Carolina. But here's the deal. Who hasn't? Can you find USC? USC gave up a boatload of points in that first game to San Jose State, but there wasn't a struggle. No. Maybe Notre Dame should be number one. They haven't struggled against anybody. They've just whipped everybody's tail. And if they win against – I'm going to tell you right now, right now, if, if they beat Ohio State, they will be my number one next week. Period, end of story. Yep. I've, I skipped not real. What's not real around the country? Man, I focus more on the big. T- what what do you got? I've got Colorado as a contender. That's not real. I don't know. They're not. I, 
Here's one that I this this goes against probably most ninety percent of the people around the country. You know what I don't think is real? Clemson's demise. You say I about said Alabama's. I, I don't. I don't think too. Clemson's de- demise is real. I think you're about to find out on Saturday with FSU coming to town. And then I one of those Big East or Big Ten East teams. One of them's not real, but I don't know who yet. I would lean Ohio State or Penn State because Michigan has J.J. McCarthy at quarterback. I would lean at one of those. One of them's not going to be it. And it may just be Ohio State. We may just find that out on Saturday. And in a lot of it's quarterback play. Now, did you see the FPI? Um, no. ESPN's FPI this week? No. Top 10? Okay, so we both had... We had similar top tens. The FPI is a little bit different than us as far as where they put them. Number 10, Florida State. Number 9, LSU. Number 8, Oregon. Number 7, Texas. Number 6, Penn State. Number 5, USC. Number 4, Alabama. Number 3, Georgia. Number 2, Oklahoma. A number one Ohio State. ESPN's FPI top ten. Hmm. Interesting what the the computer algorithm comes up with versus what the human eyes and biases, preconceived notions of the season come up with. Not that one is more right than the other. I just I thought it was interesting how much different it was as far as the order than either of us would have had. Yeah, and I mean. How long has it been? And maybe you considered it. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I was writing down my top ten, I literally never considered Alabama being in it. No, I did not because of the loss and and their performance last week. Same reason I put Texas at seven because of their performance. Maybe I should have dropped Florida State too. Yeah. But everybody else has that. It's the eye test thing. You know, who's undefeated, who's looked good doing it. You know who looks the deal or the real deal, and who's not. And I'm still in a holding pattern with Texas, to be quite honest with you. Who's the best team in the SEC? In the SEC, I think that's easy. It's Georgia. I don't. Who do you think it is? LSU. And I know I was beating the Mississippi State bandwagon last week about how that could be a slip up spot. I think LSU is the best team in the SEC. The quarterback, the defense—I I, just—I do not yeah. trust Carson Beck as far as I can throw him at Georgia. I just don't. And maybe he proves to be Stetson Bennett 2.0. Maybe he proves to be better. Whatever. But right now, <clears throat> if those two, of course, it's not a neutral field because it's in Atlanta. But if they played in anywhere else, I guess he couldn't play in Baton or he couldn't play in New Orleans either because that wouldn't be a neutral field. I, I think what we saw, everyone is so, their their judgment, and mine was too, is so clouded by what we saw in the second half of that game against Florida State that we're not realizing just how good LSU is. Yep. There's a lot of hype about them with the way they ended last year, and it doesn't appear like it's going to take them half a season to get going again this year. No, just one bad quarter almost. Against even. a good Against a really good team. A good team. A good yep. team. I would take, for me, I think LSU is the best in the SEC right now. That's just me. Okay. 
All right, that'll do it. Paul Jones Drug Tuesday has been wrapped up. Thank you to Rodney and all the gang at Paul Jones Drug Care you can trust. 809 North Main, Paul Jones Drug. 225-2121 if you want to give them a ring tomorrow. Kind of start to look ahead at the college football weekend. It is by far the best one so far. Ranked matchups all over the slate. Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports Podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening.